Welcome, everybody, to another Blake Street Irregulars podcast. We are here on the beautiful rooftop of Tap 14, 1920 Blake Street. When you are out at the Rockies game, or even when you're not, doesn't require me to have a Rockies game to be out here. I'm happy they don't charge me rent. 70 Colorado beers, 100 Colorado spirits, top to bottom. They've got you covered, and the view's amazing. We're talking Rockies today, and boy, we got a squad. I, I should just be quiet and let these three guys run it. Uh, with us, we have two of the hosts from Mile High Sports. Uh, I'm obviously in the mornings with Nate Lundy. The other guys follow me because they're better. That's why they call them opening acts. Ryan Edwards immediately follows me. Ryan Edwards Radio on Twitter. Uh, R. Edwards. There it so is. R. Redwards. Redwards. I'm going to get that in my head. Uh, yeah, Redwards whatever you wanna, whatever you Radio. You, know, you look like Ryan Dempster a little bit. You ever got that before? I haven't. Not until today. That's but a, I'm going to put that on my Twitter profile That's a, that's now. a you know, lefty with a heart Evans sinker. says I look like Ryan that, Dempster. That's high there we praise. Go. There we go. <laughs> this is going to be a fun one, everybody, because we are we are on location to Tap 14. Ryan Edwards, you can find him at Mile High Sports where he's live there. And uh, – the guy who just chimed in there because I can't contain him. No, that's that's can't. Brad Evans. You may know him from Yahoo. Of course you know him from Yahoo. Uh, he's the one that's basically gotten you through your fantasy football season every year. Or completely he, screwed up your entire season, but he's also which I'm good for. But one or the everything. other is good. As long as you're not split down the middle. <laughs> like, that's the thing is I hate I hate riding the fence, man. Uh, either you either you want it for me or you screwed it up. By the way, you want it for me. So we're, we're good. Wow, I we're good. something? So hey, you didn't follow I, my bracket then. I won three championships this year and, in, in fantasy football. And to be and honest, you, you helped. The uh, the professional here, the one that waits to get introduced. <laughs> the professional what? The one that hasn't been drinking. You got you got you got to tag that There's in there. There's a vibing involved. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you got to understand. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing. Another another <laughs> Mile High Sports. Darren Copeland catching him eight to ten on weeknights. Uh, also on Mile High Sports, so a, a family affair to a certain extent. Darren, how's it going here? Good. It's great. Just got back from the Rockies game. That game wasn't so good, but it was not so good. But they started out pretty well, uh, better than a lot of people expected. Uh, yeah, I'll start out this way, and we can take it from a, a fantasy perspective since Brad's here, or a Rockies perspective because this is maybe not the way the Rockies expected to start, or at least Rockies fans expected to start. Uh, six and four. Now they're not lighting the world on fire, but then again, this is the Rockies, a team that generally hovers around 85 to 90 losses. So this is a pretty good start. And when you look at the team, there's a lot of young. T- talent this is a team that early in spring training they lost david Dahl to an injury their their red hot rookie last year looked phenomenal they lost ian desmond their big free agent signing 70 plus million dollar contract to an injury they lost tom murphy their promising catcher to an injury there were many many people predicting gloom and doom throughout all of april for the colorado rockies so far they've been able to weather the storm uh, brad i'll go to you first it looks like gerardo para Mark Reynolds, the, maybe the forgotten guys. <laughs> Mark Reynolds. They're getting the job done. Well, yeah, I mean, look, Mark Reynolds is perfect for this environment, right? He's a plus power hitter, always has been. Whoa. Mike is falling here, apparently. Mic drop, that's all he had to say. I got a limp mic. Um, I was just going to say. I said, there's yeah. medication. Yeah, there, yeah, there's there's, there's a lot of euphemisms that can yeah. be applied to what yeah. just occurred there. But Mark Reynolds is fascinating to me because this is a guy. Well, how many homers has he got now? Three? Four. Four. Four? Ten RBI already. Ten RBI and he didn't even already. play today. And, you know, this this a player that's always had mammoth power. It translates well, again, to Coors Field and the environment here. And, you know, on a day like today when it's practically 80 degrees, you would think the Rockies have put up some runs, but they got a big fat donut. But Reynolds so far, one of the surprise sensations of the Major League and fantasy seasons. Well, you know, I'm not so sure it should be a surprise because, you know, when you look back when Mark Reynolds was playing for Arizona, he was putting up 25, 35 home runs a year as, a, as an impact first baseman. Actually, it was kind of a surprise that he only had 
the home runs he did last year, somewhere below 20 or around 20, which was a, a, a departure of where he normally was. Paro's another guy who sort of departed from form, but this is last year's offensive uh, team, right? And so you lose, you basically you lose two guys where you can put in Reynolds and Para. Your pitching staff hasn't been injured. Your pitching staff is finally something that you can be somewhat proud of. Their starting pitching hasn't been doing anything, but you have those arms in the backside like Burdich wanted, all putting 96-97, and what you got is a Rockies team that can win a lot of different ways, and they're showing that right now. Yeah, the biggest knock against Reynolds is always strikeouts, right? Bingo. That yeah, because he's eventually going to hit 240, right? Absolutely. He's actually in the top uh, 15 all-time in strikeouts. Yes, and yeah. so that was always the biggest. And he's uh, the youngest member of that group. <laughs> right. And, you know, and then they bring in Ian Desmond, who really isn't much better at strikeouts. He's not quite Mark Reynolds' level, but he's pretty high. Uh, but really, look, that's the biggest thing with Mark Reynolds. Right now, I mean, you're you're, you're getting production out of uh, Reynolds, Parra, guys that you didn't necessarily expect. But that that was always the thing with the Rockets. They have depth, right? They have depth. They brought in Reynolds. They bring it. They had Parra already there, guys that they weren't necessarily expecting. You needed to have production from those guys. I, I think, and, and you mentioned it, no injuries to the pitching. Not exactly an injury, but Chad Bettis is going to yeah. be felt early, late, mid. I don't know if he's going to be playing at all this year, but that's the one guy uh, coming out of spring training that, boy, uh, you really wish you had him right now, especially because your one through three guys have an over 60 RA. Yeah, 14-8 and eight last year for Chad Bettis. The, the, the Rockies probably their best pitcher from beginning to end of the season, obviously dealing with the cancer situation, and that's first and foremost. Uh, the Rockies have been able to cover it so far with – with rookies Antonio Senzatella, who's been terrific in his two starts. Who called that? Who I called that? Chandra it might have. It might have been me. The the silky voice of God over it, here, Chandrotar. It might have been me. Silky voice of God. That needs to be your new Twitter like <laughs> description. Yeah, right the, now. The, the the Arctic Fox moniker was pretty good, but silky voice of God. <laughs> that's uh, that's Boy, a that t-shirt. Cuts down to your 140 characters. Yeah, it does. does. It's also, uh, you know, if you're if you're uh, big into the the whole church thing, it's also blasphemous, but it's all good. Yeah. <laughs> so the. The, the challenge for the Rockies without Bettis, obviously you're looking for the first three guys. Two times through for the first three guys in the rotation, Gray, Anderson, Chatwood, 6.9 ERA. The Rockies can't expect that to sustain and yet continue to win. Well, but the bullpen's solid. Well, the bullpen, that's just been the – The back end of the bullpen's been elite. And if you look at the Rockies, when they went to the playoffs in 1995, number one bullpen in yep. the National League. Uh, when you saw them go in 2007, number one bullpen in the National League. When they went again in 2009, number one bullpen in the National League. I'm not saying that there's a trend, but it tends to be when you have a number one bullpen and you can close things down. You know, starters can start and they will, you know, they usually will get five or six innings. And one of the things I tweeted out, it's been nice for Blood, Blood Black to see these him keep starters in if they give up four or five runs. They need to own that and pitch five or six innings. Don't wear out, wear out the bullpen. But you get the five or six innings and you get a solid bullpen. The offense doesn't need any help. I mean, Ryan, let me ask you a hypothetical question. Right. Okay, let's say the Rockies are hovering around 500 close to the trade deadline. It's after the All-Star break. And obviously pitching is going to be a need. Let's just be real. It's going to be starting pitching. We, we expect the bullpen as soon as, you know, assuming uh, Greg Holland's arm can hold up and everything else, that, uh, you know, Adovino there, that it's, it's solid on the back end, but the front end does have its question marks. Would they entertain trading a David Dahl, a top prospect, Somebody like uh, of that uh, ilk, if you will, for a top-of-the-line starter to try to get them into the wild card, at least the postseason. Well, the problem becomes, I think they would entertain it, but the problem becomes at that time, pitching doesn't get moved that much because everybody needs their pitchers. Everybody's got injuries to pitchers. And if you're a contender whatsoever, 
well, then you think, well, gosh, we got to hold on to our guys, all, all our starters, our bullpen. I mean, it, it just isn't often unless you've got a really deep farm system, and that's what you usually get to see traded is a lot of the farm pieces, a lot of prospects. So for the Rockies, it would be one of those. And this is why they didn't move too low for so long is the idea of moving an established player for prospects, for unknowns. And, I mean, look what ha what's happened so far with that. Jeff Hoffman, who really probably should have been a starter, is not a starter right now. And then one of the other guys that was part of, of that trade, you've already moved That's him. Miguel, you've already Miguel Castro, Jesus Tinoco still kind of right. dwelling uh, in, in double-A ball right now. So there's no immediate yeah. uh, advantage of getting those guys, whereas clearly Troy Tulowitzki, there's nothing wrong with Trevor Story, but he makes the big league team yes. better. So that's the risk. But, but your point is very valid, Brad, because when you look at the Colorado Rockies, too many times I think fans and even the organization itself has looked at altitude and said this is a disadvantage for us. It is not necessarily a disadvantage. If you wanted to trade, and I like David Dahl, and I think David Dahl is a special player. Right. But the truth is, when you go hit the free agent market in the offseason, can the Colorado Rockies sign a hitter? Heck yeah, you can sign Absolutely, a hitter. Absolutely, anybody. Because you're in the greatest hitters park ever, ever. made. Yeah. So if, if it requires trading offense for pitching, the Rockies should be looking at doing it every year. Well, I think that's the only way you're going to get uh, talent in here at pitcher, right? Is yeah, through trade. Well, they're not going to sign. The you either have to draft them or trade for them. The Rockies have had a long history of signing really great high-end pitchers and then just them having failed here. So there's a lot of uh, nervousness in ownership about going out and getting the high-priced guy. One, because, first of all, every time I, I'm probably the only guy who's in Denver full-time, us, who goes to both locker rooms. So, And there's not a day goes by in a visiting locker room where people don't talk about Coors Field and the altitude. And, you know, for instance, they talked to Zach Lee today. How is it so great that you can pitch here on two hits? Because frequently it's, you know, Coors Field and the altitude and all this stuff. You can pitch here, but people don't believe it. So you'll never get a friend-end pitcher. You might get a trade for one, but you never get one to stay. Well, that um, brings us back to guys like Gray and Senzatella, and to an extent, Anderson and Chatwood when they're right. The, the formula for Coors Field is now, because of the, the movement, rather well established. Ball's got to stay generally down in the zone. Yep. You have to have a fast ball that's as fast enough that when you do go up in the zone to mix locations and change the batter's eye level, you have to be able to get it by them. And then you have to be able to change speeds. The off-speed breaking pitches don't move. But if you can change speeds and you can locate your strikes, you can perform well. John Gray did that in the first start, but then he became predictable trying to get ground balls. Sensatella in the first couple games, maybe a little better, mixing in levels, mixing speeds, keeping it down in the zone. So for the Rockies, to a certain extent, and I felt this for a long time, and I'd love to talk to all three of you guys about this. The Rockies' approach to drafting, the Rockies' approach to talent acquisition, you may look at it as a negative when you look at obtaining pitchers because you need a certain type of pitcher. But a lot of other teams, let's say the Red Sox, you need a guy that can throw a, a good breaking ball. You need a guy that can throw a lot of different kind of pitches. If they can't, they slip through the cracks. The Rockies can actually scoop those guys up because you're looking for, we talked about it before this podcast started, as Darren mentioned, you're looking for a, a Mariano Rivera type. If you have three good pitches and you can throw them all for strikes, in Coors and Field, keep you it down succeed. in the zone, like you right. said. I mean, that's that's what's imperative if you want to have any kind of success at Coors Field. you got to keep the ball down in the zone, and that's where the sabermetrics really come into play and the advanced analytics that are out there. If you're a front office person, what should you be looking at more than anything else statistically? It's 
ground ball rate, ground ball to fly ball ratio. A guy that's getting, you know, 60%. Yeah, he may be a contact pitcher, may not be striking out but a lot But keeping of guys, the walks to a minimum. The, if you keep the walks Can't to a minimum the and the ball on the ground, that is the formula for success at Coors Field. But that's one of the problems that they run into in the past is, is guys that pitch to contact is also a problem at Coors Field because of that big outfield. Look, the, the fact is you guys get you got to get pitchers that can miss bats. Simple as that. It, it, it's, 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 there's really no secret. Chasing. No, but but it's it's even more important here because you can have pitch to contact nibblers, if you will, in other ballparks. The cor- course field it just doesn't simply work. You you have a starter that gives three to four walks a game, you're going to lose that game. Yeah, I'm just letting you know. And you're that's a really good point, game. Ryan, because when you look at the history of course field, and especially in contrast to Dodger Stadium and AT and T Park, two of the best pitchers parks in the game, in course field, the the challenge is that it's you think about home runs, and you should. The, the home runs are elevated above average at Coors Field. But it's actually, if you look at the numbers over the 22 history, 21 full year history, this is the 22nd year of Coors Field, it is the doubles and triples that kill you. Yeah. In today's game where Kyle Freeland pitches, double, double, single, you're down 4-0. That's just, that's just the first inning. Right. That was just the first it, inning it, for it's, Kyle. It's now, he's settled much, down. But home yeah. runs are home runs, and they fly further in Coors than normal. But it is that giant outfield, the balls that drop in the gap, that kill you. So some contact, just by the, the the rule of averages, is going to drop. And sometimes in course field, those drop. Those become doubles and triples instead of singles. Well, the the other thing about it is 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 you need to be able to not care about what happened on the Short last. Short memory is very so, important. So uh, you know when you think of some of the best pitchers who have pitched for the Rockies, and we were kind of going through this on our show uh, before, was you have Brian Bohannon, certainly not a fast thrower, but but accurate. Uh, you have De La Rosa, one of the best home records over a three-year period of anybody, including Justin Verlander. Not necessarily a fast-throwing pitcher. Armando Reynoso, not necessarily a fast-throwing pitcher. So, But that those guys had, Josh Fogg's another one. Guys that'll go in, they don't care if they give up four runs. What they care about is they're not going to let the next guy go, and that attitude right there is what, is, is what pitchers need. And sometimes you see it almost too much with these guys. They're so angry at themselves for letting up the one thing that then they just kind of blow off. For the football analogy, it's like a cornerback that gets burned in the NFL. You get burned on the deep ball, and you can either just fall apart for the game, or you can say, you know what, that's going to happen. That's where I think it's interesting when you look at the way Senzatella has played in his first two starts. In his second start, gave up the home run early on. The Rockies did nothing, no hits uh, until the fourth inning. Senzatella, even at 22 years old, seemed to let it go and just said, I'm just going to get the next guy and the guy after that and the guy after that. Darren, I think that's a really good point. Even more than your stuff sometimes, you have to be able to let the mistakes go because they will happen here. you got to minimize the damage. That's yeah. the bottom line. Well, and that, that's really actually one of the strengths of Sensatella. That, that's really what we were sort of expecting with Sensatella is, is not only does he throw it to mid-high 90s, which is incredible to have as a starter, but he's also a guy that doesn't usually waver too much with the with the emotion, right? He doesn't really waver too much of that, and you saw that consistency even into the seventh inning when he got a little bit of trouble. And, and you know what? Bud Black needs to be able to rely on that. I, I, look, I can't say that most pitching staffs have a strong four like Senzatella, okay? But it's great when your first we're one, two, three guys are struggling right now, they'll pick it up. I'm not really worried about the one, two, three guys right now. But to have the four and the five guys, the Rockies haven't had that consistently for a long time. All right, I got a selfish question because I'm a fantasy baseball player. All, All right. right. I'm, in, I'm in a couple leagues. I've got a 14-team uh, mixed league and a 12-team cutthroat NL-only league. And we in both are auction, I and it. I own Trevor's story in both leagues. Uh, he's you know below the Mendoza line right now. Yes. A little bit concerned. 
should I be overly concerned? I know it's it's crazy early. It's you know it's a marathon, not a sprint. We all get that. But you know this is a guy that had high K rates in the minor leagues, yep. uh, and he played out of his mind last year for the most part. Offered a fair level of consistency. Hasn't gone yard. The RBIs aren't there. Any red flags at all, Ryan? Well, I mean, look, the, the fact is last year, 27 home runs, 72 RBIs. I mean, he, he is he has crazy power. In he half has very, a season, basically. Very, right. Yeah. He, has, he has great power playing at quarters. Uh, the, the early part of it is not necessarily about the injury so much as him seeing the ball. And I, I, I don't think the book is out on story. I don't think it's anything like that. I, th I think for him, it's just a little bit of, uh, you know, you're sort of getting back into, into the mix a little bit. What do you think, I, dis I disagree, and here's the reason why. I was talking okay. with some of the other guys who are around. Uh, so in order to really get the uh, atmosphere, you got to go a couple hours before and talk to the players and talk to these things. One of the things that Jeff Houston has said is that, Trevor Story has a hitch in his in his shoulder, in his back shoulder, where instead of closing it, he's keeping it open. And so when he keeps it open, he dips, which instead of bringing his bat through on a parallel angle without zone, getting, yep. you know, I mean, math here, sorry. But, but instead of going through parallel, he's going through more vertical, and that is causing him to miss more swings. And until he's able to get that, that uh, basically swing flaw, uh, cleared up, he's going to continue to struggle. The, the to swing That's path is told. a big part of the equation. All right, so it, makes, it makes you vulnerable to the high strike. Let me quantify. I'm going to set the over-under at 28 and a half home runs. Is he a 29-30 home run guy this year, Not or this year. is he below that? 25. I think he's below. 25? Yeah. What do you say, Ryan? I'm going to say 23. 23? I, I, around that area. Also, well, there's always yeah. that. There's always a, a, a. There's always your 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 sophomore season. You the sort of are ready to yeah. the grind, and it's just you're just not nearly as good all the you time. You guys are killing me. I paid twenty six dollars for him in my NOL. Well, the, wait, the wait, good wait, wait. News is how, how many how many shortstops hit twenty plus home runs? In the NL, yeah. not that many. Yeah, you're fine. Yeah. No, I think I but think the you're batting fine. average isn't going to be. But the, I mean, roof. I got to hit. A, he's got to hit like two seventy if he goes for twenty three, like Ryan's saying, to justify the expense. Well, that he's still at course. Here's the other thing that's interesting is, is also in the first ten games. You know, he could go on. He could go four for four tomorrow and be up to two fifty. Yeah, yeah. And he and he, and he hits a course, and they're not benching him anytime soon. It would have to be a stream. And besides. The, the backup behind him is Amarista, who really isn't that great. No, of a no, hitter. he's a light. The only, the only thing I think I'd be a little bit concerned, the only thing I'd be a little bit concerned about, he's got is sneaky if, pull pop. I like Amarista, but I'm not down on Amarista. <laughs> I'm just saying, but but but, but Story's got Story's got more power. Right. I, I, oh, I'm just yeah. saying, I would leave Story in if I were me. But but I'm saying the only concern about, and I'm I'm kind of curious if you guys have this same thought, is if Reynolds continues to hit well. I'm not saying hit the average he's hitting, and I'm not saying hitting home runs at the rate he's hitting. Do you consider putting Desmond to shortstop since no. he actually has experience at that position and maybe putting a little bit of rotation between Wasn't the two? he a defensive liability, though, for the he, Nationals? He's, he's no. been a defense, uh, I mean, he wasn't. I don't think he's been a particularly special defensive player anywhere. He wouldn't he's be special. Shortstop, second base, center field. He's never played first base yet. So that's an interesting angle. But I, I think the best fit, Ryan, though, is to, to take Mark Reynolds, knowing about the power. Now, he's strikeout liability. We've known that over the course of his career. Mark Reynolds is your 2017 Jason Giambi. Your pinch hitter. If you remember how that one Giambi was here, he is an all-or-nothing. Rotational. He is guy. the, the absolute one, swing for the fences. You're down by two runs in the ninth. Throw him in there and just tell him to hack. That's that's what it looks like. For but me. he's a, he might be a better defensive first baseman than Ian Desmond. That's a terrifying yeah, no, thought. No. Hey. <laughs> no, no, no. Simply put. No, no, no. Hey, he's, I, no. He's been the best defensive 
first baseman here since Todd Helton. I mean, you can talk exactly. about a lot of people. He has, uh, Wait you know, a how many, no, no, Darren, be fair. How many first basemen have they had since Todd Helton? Uh, they've had more than a couple. I mean, they've had more than a couple. They had, uh, they had Kadire, who, you know, was switching between. A right and fielder who they had wedged par, the first. They were kind of looking at. A left at. fielder they've wedged they were the looking, first. I mean, but they were trying, they've been tri the, Morneau, the they Rockies, trying. The Rockies, Morneau's the only guy that was actually a first baseman that they put at first base. Yeah. One of the things that, to be concerned about, about the Colorado Rockies. they're looking for power out of that. They're looking for offensive power at the yes. first base Right, spot. which is fine. You you need power at the corners. But it is somewhat concerning to me that the, the Rockies under Jeff Bride seem to be comfortable with thinking that the, anybody can play first. They're just putting bats at first. They're not worrying about the defensive side. If and Money it Ball doesn't anything, always if work that way. Is, first base is incredibly easy. Yeah, you're 100% right on that. Look at, look, at, look at Mr. Hattenberg, right? Yeah, it's all about on-base percentage. Yeah. Drawing walks. That's why Schwarber is batting leadoff for the Cubs. I wouldn't be worried about, too much about Trevor's story. I understand what you're saying about the hitting. And, and you know what? Some of those swing mechanics, I, I wonder how much you can actually work with him a bit on that. The problem is, is you are already in season. And this kind of gets to the point of that, I, that tweet I sent out about spring training. It bothers me so much is we, is we constantly say the value of spring training, the value of spring training, and yet we're getting to the season and the team is a slow starter on offense. Why the hell are we having spring training to tune up these guys, to tune up their bats if they're just going to be slow starters on the offense? I would much rather see people, more people going to like the World Baseball Classic or playing right. winter ball, yeah, exactly. like going down to Meaningful Venezuela. Not, maybe not Venezuela yep. now because it's a little dangerous, but you know the Dominican Republic, <laughs> yeah. Mexico. Absolutely. You know, come to like meaningful games. Out, yeah, meaningful games. In the, Nolan Arenado has come out of the gate very well. Yes. The batting average has been good. The power has been good. Everything's been there. There were concerns about him. He hit. 140-something right, exactly. in the World Not Baseball Classic. In the fantasy community, people were freaking out like I might have spent a first-round pick He was still a first-rounder. Oh, he should have been, but, but, but there were people that But if you looked at what he did in the World Baseball Classic, exactly. offensively, <laughs> he looked terrible. And it doesn't really well, matter. These guys the will get to their always, rhythm. Pitching always, size, always, man. pitching always is ahead of, of of hitting early. Early on, exactly. So this will be interesting to see where it goes. I can't uh, believe as I'm we the get, only guy that's like super high on the Rockies. All as we get to the end of this uh, this particular I'm a podcast, fan, so I'm not gonna lie. Uh, th this is a riot, by <laughs> the way. Got another 108 years. <laughs> I wish I could do. Wow, they're gonna need some. Um, <laughs> I think it's funny that they had to design a flag. They had to, it took them so long to design a banner because they hadn't seen no one alive has ever seen a Cubs you banner. Now to be fair, I'm gonna go to the grave happy right now. I don't care. You can sling as much mud as you want. It doesn't matter. It and, happened. And the Cubs have a new record this season already. They're the only team ever to go unbeaten in their home openers after winning the World Series. Wow. That's I mean, really? it's 2-0, and oh, but what are you going to do? Yeah. So now as we start to close this up, the Colorado Rockies, let's, let's look a little bit further. Even beyond the Giants, they are in a tough National League West. The Giants are off to a bad start, but let's not pretend they're not going to be in it to the end. The Dodgers have the highest payroll in baseball by a significant margin. By the end of April, and I'll, I'll just go around, I'll go around clockwise, so we'll start with Ryan. By the end of April, if the Rockies are how many games above, above 500 will you be comfortable? Comfort, uh, no, there's no comfort. Yeah, and, you know, I'll, I'll, tell why. Comfortable. I'll, I'll tell you why, because it's April. And then this well, is what the Rockies. Well, thanks for cheering me up, fellas. No, it's good. <laughs> Everyone's already like, But this what? is what the Rockies do. This is what the Rockies and, and I And I, I'm, I'm all thrilled. You win thrilled. 22 games at the end of a season. You can turn a last place yeah. team into a World Series team. Absolutely. I'm, I, I'm completely thrilled with Bud Black. 
I'm, I'm thrilled that they took a weakness of the team and made it a strength in the, in the bullpen. Okay, I'm, I'm thrilled about all those things. I think the hitting's going to come around. I think some of the starting pitch is going to come around. They could be a 10-game leader at the end of April, and I'm going to say they're, not, they're, they're still not there because there is just so much talent with the Giants and the Dodgers, and those are the two teams that they're always going to be chasing, specifically the Dodgers. There won't be a 10-game lead for certain because especially when you look at it, the rest of the month, Darren, with a, a couple blips, it is Dodgers – Nationals and Giants. That's basically what they've got until the end of this. The Rockies month, had a winning a record blitz. against the Giants last year. Overall games played. They didn't do so well against the Dodgers, but they've already taken three of four from them. The Washington Nationals, for some reason, are struggling. Uh, you know, they allowed, uh, you know, you saw Jeremy Guthrie, right, getting blown up. Which, I mean, that made the me happy. The day after they signed him, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that made me happy because I think that what he did here was one of the worst things I've ever seen from pitcher. But So I don't think that there's anyone that the Rockies can't beat. It's just getting out of their mindset. You start playing the Giants a lot. They, they don't like the Giants. The Rockies do not like the Giants, but the Dodgers are tough. So, Brad, uh, talking about the youth sometimes, and uh, sometimes when you don't know what you don't know, that might be good. And the Rockies have a lot of youth at the, a lot of positions. Oh, they certainly do. And, you know, this is a team, look, if, if they're 500 at the end of the month, I think you're feeling pretty good. Because you look at the rest of the National League, you know, they're, they're in the toughest division, maybe in the entirety of baseball. I mean, you could argue that if, if the Rockies are, are, are right well, they there, have two of the four highest payrolls in the game. Well, and the Dodgers are deep. You know, a guy like Cody Bellinger, for example, is in the minor leagues. He's he's he can't already even you can't even play yet. Because well, he can't Adrian penetrate Gonzalez the lineup, but he's going to be an outfielder. Well, exactly. At the next also, level. today's pitcher was also a guy that languished in minor leagues with the Dodgers. I mean, they, there are a lot of minor league systems in this division that are completely loaded, and we know where the Padres are going to be. They're going to be you know bottom feeders in this division. But, you know, the upper echelon with the Giants and the Dodgers and the Rockies, they're going to be pretty close. And, 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 again, if the Rockies can be a 500 club to get back to what we started with in this whole uh, taping, and, you know, they're at the All-Star break or slightly after, they're buyers at that point. You're one or two players away because you know the offense is going to be outstanding. You just need to find the pitchers to compete with those big boys, and they certainly could do that. But it doesn't matter. Cubs are taking their second championship. Oh, oh, I, can't be, I can't believe you're not oh buying into God. the early Arizona Diamondbacks hype. I, I can't believe it. I'm not. Why, why did you let him? Have, why did you? Why did we let him on here? Hey, it's once a century. Let him have his stuff. <laughs> we'll get around it now. Uh, Brad Evans, who has literally, literally dropped the mic and walked away. So I guess I don't That's have to fantastic. sign him out. But the, the rest of us here, you can listen to all three of us. Myself, Ryan, Darren, Mile High Sports Radio, 1340 AM, 104.7 FM. Uh, you can catch Brad Evans on Yahoo and pretty much everywhere else because you can't miss him. I mean, he's, he's omnipresent. Guys, thank you very much. We're looking forward to doing Thanks this a couple times us. a year. We are here at Tap 14 on the rooftop where... I am basically thinking of taking out a second mortgage. So we'll be right here, 70 local Colorado beers, 100 Colorado spirits. Be here all summer, just steps away from the Coors Field home uh, home plate entrance. Ryan is already chowing down on a sandwich. I don't even know what it is, but I'm ordering oh one. Oh, my God. For Brad Evans, for Darren Copeland, for Ryan Edwards, I'm Sean Drotar. This is the Blake Shooter Regulars of 5280 Sports Network Production.